Welcome to Belonging Before Believing, where it's Christmas time in the city. I'm Patrick Mathers, enjoying a decorated house. And I'm Brian Gumpy, living in a decorated house. Your wife loves Christmas, dude. It's true. That's why I threw her a Christmas themed birthday uh, on October 26th. It was so good. You should have just, we should have just done that, what she has in the front room right now. No. Oh, yeah, because we were capable of that without her. She, so when I walked in today, she was decorating that tree on that ladder. And I told her that elf line, you are very good at decorating that tree. <laughs> I heard that and I didn't even think about it being a line from elf. Oh no, that, yeah. Because remember? it sounded so sincere. Uh, well, I was sincere. I she know. was very good at yeah. it. No, it was totally, I was quoting elf. So, buddy, buddy is his, n- 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 his name. <laughs> so for people. I almost had a seizure there. <laughs> Oh, gosh, that's a story I can tell. Oh, man. So for people who don't know, so my wife's birthday is November 2nd, but we were out of town that weekend for my buddy's wedding. And so we had a party for Rachel the week before, October 26th, and she knew we were having friends over that night. And you're a jerk. You don't let her decorate before... Dude, Halloween Halloween is her second favorite holiday. Uh, So she loves decorating for Halloween. So she left the house for work that morning and it was completely decked out in Halloween. I took it all down and me and Amanda and then you and Lily I helped. came later, yeah. Yeah. We made it a winter wonderland. So she left for work with Halloween, came back to Christmas. Yeah. It was great. Yeah. It was some and it's it's even more now. She's just been it decorating non stop. It's all the trees are up. One entire wall is lit like has Christmas lights embedded in it with like fabric and it's and some people just heard you say all of the trees are up and they are thinking to themselves, all of the trees. Yes. My house has three Christmas trees. Right. Which to be perfectly honest is kind of lackluster. Like there, I'm, there should be at least two more here in this house. I'm thinking. <laughs> all right. Well, there you go. It's yeah. November 25th and I have three Christmas trees up <laughs> and but it's a little lackluster. And they're amazing. Amazing They're tree. They're themed. Wait, yeah, her her various metals themed tree. And various metals and woodland creatures. Woodland creatures. A lot yeah. of copper, a lot of bronze. Fox it. The a little lot of sexy gold. Fo- not sexy. Oops. <laughs> Santa Fox. I feel like I just learned something about you. <laughs> Everybody has a type. <laughs> <laughs> a little little fox. A little sexy fox. <laughs> Up in the tree. It's it, like a where's Waldo. You we gotta are, find the sexy fox. Well, we are in elf bear season. Don't forget. Uh, that's yeah. a callback. You have to be a uh, belonging before believing super fan to know what the elf bear is all about. Or you could just look at all of the ones and look at the picture and find the elf bear. I feel like even the people who saw that are like, what, what, what was that all about? My Yeah. It was kind of in the moment we were just laughing about stuff. Yeah. When, when, um, that's like one of my favorite gifts to send now is that elf bear that I have, but I only ever send it to you and maybe Joel. Yeah. That's about it. So, hey, Merry Christmas. Same to you. It's one month. Yep. I know. I love Christmas too. I yeah. love, not as much as your wife. Well, who does? Oh, lots. Ah. Okay. No, because you want to know why I say that? Because she hasn't watched a single Hallmark movie yet, I bet. No, because Hallmark movies are awful. No, but it's like an indicator of Christmas time. Ugh, not in our house. We have no, already like, watched Elf 
multiple times. No, I think I've watched it twice here since. Yeah. We also... <laughs> since your wife's birthday. Oh, it was on you and your wife's the birthday. Grinch? Yes, it was. Yeah. We also watched... Uh, we watched Christmas... Zoe asked me to watch Christmas Vacation last night. Oh. I was like, um... Sure. <laughs> and I just made to made sure to make conversation with her during certain during parts. certain parts. Yeah. Yeah. But she asked me to watch it and I was like, great. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. That's so good. All right. Hey, boy. So we got hey, a topic today. Boy. Hey, boy. We got a topic My today. Name is Brian. It's Okay, whatever. <laughs> whatever you need to tell yourself. <laughs> Do you want me to read it? I got the thing up in oh, front yeah, of Oh, yeah, that's my job. That's your job. Hey, go. Back Ready in the go. saddle. <clears throat> Christians often focus on missionaries outside of the U.S., going to Mexico to build houses, etc. Do you think the church has more work to do in the U.S., or is it just a different location and it doesn't really matter? I really want to try to do voice acting at some point. Dramatic reading is fun. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Anyway, please continue. I like that too, but you have the more of a voice for it. Although, you know what? If we were you doing have, a story, we have two very distinct voices. So I'm saying, and you have a very uh, distinguishable voice. Yeah. So we could do voice. We could read a book together. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I would love to read a book with you. <laughs> Okay, let's start a book club. <laughs> Party of two. <laughs> it's not a book club. That's a date. That's a book date. I'll, I'll go on that date with we, you. We need a third to have a club. Anybody yeah. want to join a book club? Nah, let's go on a date. <laughs> book date. <laughs> uh, we could have a club. Yeah. All right. There's always room for a third wheel. <laughs> nice. Would you like to be our third wheel? You know our phone numbers are on the church website, sovereignjoycf.org. <laughs> Shoot us a group text. Let us know what book you want to start with. Okay, so... <laughs> I hope we get it so bad. <laughs> we'll get to the topic sooner or later. <laughs> but so I'm taking college classes, and some guy in my class, he goes to a church in um, Texas, and in, in some comment somewhere... I'd mentioned something about the church website that I pastor. Mm. And so he looked it up and dialed the number and just re- just thought by chance he'd be able to get a hold of me. And I like picked up the phone. I'm like, hello. And he's like, uh, 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 is this Patrick Mathers? And I'm like, yeah, this is my cell phone. Who's That's this? A- <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, you call me, dude. <laughs> That's the second time somebody's called you off of our website. Yep, well, it's yep. been more than that. Yeah, it's been more than that. But this, but like the second actually, time a rando called actually you. trying to get a hold of me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is the second time. So yeah. So anyways, Sam Bell, shout out if you're listening. <laughs> That's who called me. Hi, Sam. <laughs> hey, Christians have work to do missions-wise everywhere. Everywhere. I um when I think about this question, I, I don't... So this question, to me, presupposes nationalism. <laughs> and and th- that... It's top of mind, isn't it? It, 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 it kind of makes me like a little like... Hey, uh, what? I ran into Donald Trump twice when he was here. That was my tweet. I said, you know you live in a small town when you run into Donald Trump twice in one day. <laughs> that was good. Anyway. I didn't run into him at all. Yeah. Because I wasn't here. You're better off. Well, you were here. No, I wasn't yet. 
I was still down in Southern California. It was last Saturday. Yeah, yeah, it was gone. It came back on Monday. No, you preached last Sunday. I wasn't. It was last the day Saturday. before you preached. Uh, maybe I just didn't want to be here. Yeah, that's fine. I don't blame you. I slept through it. Let's say that. Because that's probably what happened to that why tracks. I don't remember it. Yeah, that tracks. <laughs> Although probably not through the whole thing. Anyways, what in the world was I talking about? Oh, nationalism. So, okay, we live in two kingdoms, okay? The kingdom of this world. In the kingdom of this world, I am a citizen of the United States of America. I am a native Californian. Um, what what else am I? I'm I'm... Not a Chaconian because I was. It's not my hometown. No, you're I all about born. Orange County. Uh, yeah. Well, I, my first half of my life was Orange County, and the second half of my life has been um, Chico. So Chico is not my hometown, but it's definitely. Well, it's it's. I've lived here the longest, so. Um, I and and so that that's who I am in lots of ways. When people ask, "What do you do? Where are you from?" Those are the kind of questions that they're asking. As Christians. We are citizens of a different kingdom, the kingdom of heaven. And our job and our responsibility is to make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And to that end, there are no nation, there are no borders, there are no um, this group and that group. Everyone is an evangelistic prospect. And that's probably not the best language to use it's definitely very salesy somebody cringed yeah and that's yeah. that's fine it's just what came to my mind when we were talking about it but but i definitely want people who don't know jesus christ to have their lives reconciled to the god who created them by them expressing faith in jesus christ as their lord and savior and repenting of their sins and you do that through belief in christ's death burial and resurrection on your behalf. So I, that's the message of the gospel that we want to go and we want to preach to everybody. So in, to, in that vein, this question's really easy to answer. It's you go anywhere um, and everywhere. There's that guy who just last week, I think it was here. Let me pull it up here. Yeah, he was uh, last week. His name is John Chow. And he was a young man. He was from Washington State. And he went to this isolated island in the Indian Ocean to spread Christianity. And he ended up being killed by the inhabitants of that island. They shot him with arrows. And it's off the coast of India. And it's a forbidden island. They're not, you're not supposed to go there because the tribemen are so violent and they're kind of trying to keep them as an artifact of a hunter-gatherer culture kind of thing. But nobody can study them because you can't go to the island because they'll kill you. But um, so I'm reading a lot of stuff online, uh, a lot of vitriol, honestly, about how dare this guy go to this island? Who does he think he is to go there and, and you know, presume to change their culture and to put Christianity upon them? And it... And, and uh, I, I don't get it. Um, I get that the world didn't love Christ, and so they aren't going to love us when we're following Christ and his example. Now, if this, if this really, it seems to be, I read excerpts from his journal, and it certainly seems like that's what this guy was doing, was going there with the intent, like he had been planning this with forethought, 
It wasn't on a whim. He was uh, he had an org- Christian organization behind him. He had the support of his church. It seems like he did things right in going out there and doing this and did in fact die. He wasn't just a Christian adventurer, some people are calling it, but he was legitimately going to go preach the gospel to these people. So um, I, I think that, that if that turns out to be what it is, which it looks like, that's a noble thing. Um, we're supposed to go and preach the gospel, and, and he's, he's a martyr for the faith, and that, that still happens. It isn't just remote tribes, but there's lots of countries in the world, China, North Korea, India, Iran, um, Pakistan, Bangladesh, you know, these countries where if you go and you preach Christ, you could genuinely be taking your life into your hands. Yeah. So let's talk about that that term you use, Christian adventurer. Mm-hmm. So do you think that that's a, a common or popular thing? I, you know, I hadn't heard it before, um, the, this guy, and apparently it's a thing where... And and I when when I hear that I think more of the short term missionary right who goes to Mexico and you know they go down there with fifteen old wood garage doors and they build six houses for people or, or maybe fifteen to six wouldn't work but you know right. build three houses for for people and so they're down there for a week and then they can come back and they tick their missionary box. But they haven't really done any evangelism, which is what we're called to do. So it's social work. It's social work, yeah, which is good. It has its place. Don't get me wrong. I, I'm not. I don't want to poo-poo that, um, but I don't want to call it what it isn't. So I don't want to call that missions. Missions is going to an unreached people or an unchurched people and declaring to them the gospel of Jesus Christ in order to convert them and see them become Christians. That's what we want as Christians. I mean, we really believe, I, I, 100% I believe that that the relationship that I have with God is something that anybody I go to can have and frankly should have. And I think that I have the greatest peace, joy, because of the grace that I have in the person of Jesus Christ. He's shown me mercy. He's shown me love. And... Man, I love him for it. Yeah. So I want people to experience that. I want people to know that. And while I get that there's a large part of our culture, or maybe it's not large, maybe it's just very vocal uh, part of our culture that doesn't want that to take place because it's calling into question their lifestyle um, and that they're we're calling them sinners, certainly. And I, I would identify myself as such as well, and that we need to repent. And repent just simply means that I acknowledge the truth about what God says about sin, and I turn and follow him. It, it's, you know, we hear repent and you'll perish, and, you know, there's a lot of <clears throat> negative connotations that come mm-hmm. with that. Guys with sandwich boards screaming at people, right? you know, that kind of thing. That's not what we're doing. We're in out of care and compassion and love for people, wanting to go to people who have been unreached by the gospel, like this tribe in the Indian Ocean, um, or like our neighbors that are around us, or our coworkers, or people who we're in school with, or 
uh, any number of things. People that you, you know, regularly, your regular checkout person at the grocery store or your barber, you know, and uh, go to a non-Christian barber and talk about Jesus for 15 minutes while they're cutting their hair or something. But, um, you know, you, you, you want to share. If we Look, here's the bottom line. If we really believe what we say, that there is a hell and there, and that there really is judgment and there really is grace and mercy to be had, we have to really, 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 really not like people at the end of the day to not tell them about it. Right. Penn Jillette pretty famously talked about that. Right, right. Who is a staunch atheist. Right. But even logically, he understands why people would do missions if that's what they actually believe. And he, like those were the words he used. How much do you have to hate somebody yeah. to know what you know, believe what you believe, and not, and not share that? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and and he has famously endured people coming up and sharing the gospel, and is actually okay with it. I mean, well, there's one video I saw where he was kind of, you know, yelling back at a guy, but it looked like he was like trying to get in the van and go somewhere, and the guy was getting in his face. You know, there's those kind of. Well, I'm sure when he put that video, he like invited so many sure, people to. Sure. But, but it certainly seems like he, you know, he is one who, who appreciates when people do share that. I get that. It, you know, if, if I have a friend who's Muslim, which I do, and he doesn't talk to me about Islam and we're just like talking about video games or something, then, you know, I, I, I think, Hmm. It what is he? Does it not care about my best interest? He does. My you know my friend. Uh, we know him. We've we we've gotten into some pretty fun discussions mm-hmm. as of late. And I love I love Muhammad. He's a great guy. And but we're we're going to talk about it. I think the care that we have for the other person as an individual is going to lead us to those kind of discussions. Yeah. So it, it behooves us Dude, as Christians to talk about Jesus. That's why we have this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. really. Yeah. It's like how do we how do we get the ear of people who maybe wouldn't be as prone to sit down and have a discussion with us? Well, with me especially. So, so we'll right? ride in their your car with you. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so you you know, you know people, and a lot of people aren't going to sit down and talk with me. You know, I'm, I, I hate to say it, but I'm intimidating just because I have the a title of pastor. Right. And unfortunately, that's going to mean that there are some people who aren't going to try to get to know me, even though I'm like a normal person and will hang out with you, but who would listen to something like this? Because we want you to know the same grace and mercy and joy that we have from Jesus Christ. I mean, he is, he is truly the best of all beings. I mean, I, that passage in first Tim or, um, first John, behold, what kind of crazy love is this, that we should be called the children of God, man, I know my sin. And when I read and I understand that God loves me and has saved me from my sins, uh, number one, it just, it just, well, sometimes it just brings me to tears to realize that. And number two, I want to share it with other people. I want to tell them about Jesus. And I, and I know there's, that's going to rub some people wrong, but I know also that some people are going to love it, need to hear that, and they're going to embrace it. Yeah. So let's go back to the short-term missions thing. Yeah. So what Oh, you, yeah, yeah. I got off track. No, 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 it was a good off track. So what do you see, how do I want to do this first? Let's talk about drawbacks first. What do you see as some drawbacks to short-term missions? 
you're just showing up. And I th- okay, so I think two major things. There's probably more, but the first major thing is that you really don't communicate care. You show up, you build a house, you dig a well, and you leave. All you communicate is that here I did something for you, and everybody who has to stay there knows that you just ticked your box. Mm-hmm. You just showed up to say, look, you know, just to make yourself feel better. And that leads to the second problem. Well, the first problem is, is that you communicate to that community. You don't communicate the gospel. It's for your benefit, not theirs. You communicate. This that, makes you feel good. Yep. You're, you communicate, I am doing this, but I'm actually using you to benefit myself. Um, where, so some people are willing to give money for that kind of thing because it makes them feel better. And the second thing is it, it pacifies your sin. Well, real, real, real quick your, before you move on to the yeah. next one. Do you think that's true for all short-term missions? Or do you think that's just what do you mean most? Like, are is there a short-term missions trip that doesn't communicate that to the people you leave behind? If you're going and preaching the gospel, right? Okay, so that's the distinction. Yeah, because you're not. If you're just you're, doing social projects, it's not missions, right? Okay, okay, I'm tracking with you now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And oh, so some people you might go there and preach the gospel for a short-term period of time, and you might piss them off, <laughs> right? You know, but but at least you're communicating that I care about you enough that I want you to hear the truth of this. Yeah, I miss the distinction between like doing social projects and actually preaching the gospel. I'm tracking with you. Yeah, and so the second problem is that it pacifies the person's own sin. Uh, It it makes them acceptable. It it polishes them. You're polishing a turd. Nice. You know, is that um, you're... You know, a sinner, you need Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, but at the same time, you're just doing this stuff to make you, yourself feel better. I, and I think, honestly, there's a lot of people in churches that would, on a poll, call themselves Christians. But if you were to really look at their life and listen to the way they talk and the way they act, you'd be hard pressed to actually identify them as Christians. Those are the kind of people that I worry about on short-term missions trips. Mm-hmm. They go, so for they go, <clears throat> they do something, they come back, and they talk about all the work that they did, not the things that they said or who they were able to lead to the Lord. There was a person who I knew one time who um, went to an impoverished country on a, a more longer but still short-term mission trip. I think it was two months. Um, they went to this place and they went down there and ended up getting romantically involved with one of the locals and, and this whole kind of thing. And then just ended up coming back and it was, it, it made, a, it blew it up and it made a hash of the whole project and the whole trip. And the whole while when that person came back, that person was just talking about all the good that they did in this nation and how bad it was and this and that when it it just turned into a mess back down there where they went to. And so I think that when we, the church will advance the best when we're upfront about our intentions, we bring the gospel into a culture and allow that gospel to change the culture. Building wells is an okay thing, but it's a better thing for those people to go to heaven and know Christ and be with him forever than to just die in this life without being a little thirsty. What do you think about when people talk about how you have to meet their physical needs before you can meet their spiritual needs? 
Because I've heard that a lot. Sure, sure. So the presupposition behind that is that their physical needs matter more than their spiritual needs. Or a person perceives their physical needs as more important than their spiritual needs, which under I, I guess there is an element of truth to that, that someone might perceive that. But I'd say two things to that. One, you can certainly do both. Right. And you can do both of them effectively. But, but number two is that it presumes, it assumes that the gospel isn't effective in and of itself. It assumes that the gospel needs something to be done to kind of grease the skids, you know, to get the thing moving. The, and the Bible is clear that that's not the case, that God's word won't return void, that his word will be effectual. Um, there was no um, altruistic works on the day of Pentecost <laughs> when Peter got up and preached you Jews, you killed Christ. <laughs> you know, I mean, I don't mean ah, that sounded so bad. <laughs> well, I mean, that's what he said. That's what he said. Right, right, I mean, right. The people there that day, I'm not saying like, oh, geez, I'm not anti-Semitic. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> no, no. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have laughed. But <laughs> No, it was. I'm glad you did because I can see somebody listening to this going, oh, my gosh, did he just say that? No, Peter. Okay. I mean, that is what he said. He was preaching but... to a Jewish audience. <laughs> And a lot of those people in that audience were there when Christ was crucified, and he called them out. He said, you guys killed Jesus Christ. You people did this. He was the king. He had the throne of David. He had all authority, and you killed him. And their response was not, um, could you build us a well first? Their response wasn't, <laughs> right. um, well... What kind know, of food you got? Yeah, I know. What kind of uh, benefit program is there? Um, can you provide some health care first, please, for us? None of that. It was they were cut to the heart, and they said, oh, no, what must we do to be saved? They realized when they heard the preaching of the gospel that, that, it, that they needed to turn and repent. My, I think anybody who would say that you need to do good works before you preach has never gone and preached the gospel. I'd be really surprised if anybody who says something like that had actually gone out and actually done some street witnessing in some other town or somewhere, you know, actually presented the gospel. Right. So yeah. if, if I'm listening to this podcast and my church has a short-term mission coming up, I know like at my grandma's church, they, uh, they just did a trip to Haiti. Should I consider it? Should I take advantage of the opportunity to go? I'm not called to be a missionary. Mm -hmm. So should I go or should I not? How do I make that call? Um, well, I, okay. If, if this was some other random church, I might answer it differently. Well, I will. Here, first, let me just talk about your, your grandma's church. It's a good church. Mm -hmm. um, by and large, I think they're probably going to go down there with the right motives and probably do some good and hopefully some evangelism. Oh, 100%. If it, right, right. Yeah. And if it were me... And I were, probably more the latter, honestly. Right, yeah. right. No, I, I, I know that knowing your grandma's church. Yeah. Um, so I would say absolutely yes to go on that kind of trip. If it was, um, you know, you're going to go down to Mexico and you're going to go to Calexico and you know that you're just going to be um, digging a 15 foot ditch so that they can put in a new um, outhouse in somebody's backyard or something like that. And that's all that was happening. And I didn't speak Spanish. Um, I, I, you know, I'm, I might 
want to do something else with my time. I might not. I, I would pray a lot about it and see if there isn't some way where I could be of some good gospel use. Physical use, I mean, you can get bodies somewhere doing something good. Mm-hmm. Gospel use, you really need somebody who, who is, number one, born again, who loves Jesus and can share that love of Jesus with other people. And so if, you're, if you know that that short-term missions trip isn't going to be that, you, you might want to rethink it. Or, or you, you know what? You might want to go and try to take some time to talk to somebody wherever it is you end up going. I'm sure there are people down there who would speak English wherever you end up going. Um, and hopefully you'd be able to share Christ with them. And if they know Christ, maybe they can be an interpreter for somebody else. But um, I would go, and if it were still, if we're still f- mainly focused on doing work, I would try in those times where I wasn't working to either go talk with somebody or partner up with somebody who could help me speak to somebody else and, and just share the gospel. Yeah. But one of the things that you don't want to do is just fly in, preach the gospel, and you're out. You need to have some kind of connection down there where you can connect. Let's say you lead somebody to the Lord to a local church, a good church, or they're going to end up in some weird word of faith thing or, you know, some Bethel kind of church, which we're going to talk about in the future here, but, nice. um, or Catholic church or something that the, the gospel just isn't there. And you don't, you, you can't have that. You need to get them in a good Bible believing church. Yeah. I'm really thankful for the trips that I got to go on. I think I'd done six, mm-hmm. six one week Mexico trips. Um, and we, uh, Four of them were with one church and then church down in Mexico. And um, two were with a, uh, a different church in a different part of Mexico. But uh, we always worked as a ministry of that church, um, doing VBSs. We would do these outreach. I remember one it was really fun. We actually did like a basketball tournament. Nice. And then all the guys in the basketball tournament, because this one was... Uh, I want to say this one was in Ensenada. And so, you know, Ensenada is a big city. So it was like in in the heart of the city. And these guys, they were anywhere between, you know, like 14 and 25 are playing this basketball tournament. And then halftime, they got to sit there and listen to the gospel. Oh, and yeah. dude, it was awesome watching the pastor of that church give his gospel presentation. Dude preached his heart out because he's the one who has relationships with these guys, mm. you know, week in, week out. And that's why, like I said, I, I'm really happy that the capacity in which our groups functioned. See, that's great, because you, you, you ended up being the vehicle by mm-hmm. which you drew these kids to hear the gospel. And granted, you went down there and you played a basketball tournament. Right. And you did other stuff, too. Oh, yeah. We had VBSs. Right, right. We had translators from our group. Who, right. Yeah. But you yeah. know Spanish real well, too. So you well, could that's have, why. You could have done that easily I, enough. I did. Um, right, right. But, I mean, as a group, you, you by your appearance there, you were a means by which a big group could be gathered to hear the gospel. And I, I think that's an effective way to do short-term missions. Don't you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, well of course you do, because you did it. Well, my favorite part about this question and getting to answer it is not the one in Ensenada, but the one in Tijuana. The pastor, I and we talked about my regret in our regret episode. Oh, yeah. Me not doing that summer-long internship, internship with yeah. him. So when I was getting to talk to this pastor, he 
he asked me this question. He goes, so do you just come down here and preach the gospel or do you preach the gospel when you're back home too? Oh boy. Right? <laughs> no, it was awesome. And then we talked about, and uh, I remember I was like, oh no, not so much. And he asked me why. And, you know, in my Spanish, and which was tricky to navigate this conversation with what Spanish I had at the time, just telling him, like, it's a lot scarier to preach the gospel to people you know than to people you don't know, <laughs> frankly, um, and things like that. But I love this question because, like I said, I had somebody in Mexico while I was on a short-term mission ask me the same question. Yeah, that's great. It that's was so awesome. good. I wish they were all like that. But yeah. I think, sadly, the majority of them aren't. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, just my, my, I've gone to a few of these and m- my experiences weren't that, you know, it was going down and, and doing, doing good works and building things and, you know, painting the wall and good works. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. And painting the pastor's house and, you <laughs> nice. know, was, hey, you want some, <laughs> you want to do some ministry? Why don't you paint my house? <laughs> <coughs> so, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it was that kind of stuff. Wash my car, too, while you're at it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Go down there and buy me a Coke. <laughs> yeah, it was that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I, I think that the, that would be, that's a great way to do short-term missions. Although I would pray, I, I, I would hope that you would pray, anybody listening to this that has a bug for missions, that you would pray about long-term missions, mm-hmm. that you would pray about going somewhere, and it doesn't matter where it is. I mean, Sweden is just as in need as Ethiopia, is England. just as in need as England, is just as in need as Chile, just as in need as Afghanistan, just as in need as China. The gospel is needed everywhere. There is no place on this globe that doesn't need the gospel. So you can be called to the city in which you live, and be called to some kind of foreign missions, but the gospel is what's mandatory and necessary. Yeah. Yeah. Good Question one. of the day? Yeah. You ready? Yep. This is a good one. What is the most useful thing you own? Didn't we talk about this already? I don't have it crossed off. Oh. My phone, easily. Oh, really? Without question. Mine's my Bible. Oh, my gosh. I just got <laughs> Jesus juked. <laughs> Sorry, dude. I'm what? just more spiritual. I guess so. Maybe when you're my age, Brian, you will have achieved my level of sanctification. Then I'll get upgraded from elder to pastor. <laughs> no, you're never going to be upgraded. You're never going to be that. Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> no, absolutely my phone. In fact, I've had so many people that I've talked into getting the phone that they actually want instead of the phone that they can quote unquote afford because I had this discussion with people. I'd be like, listen, what do you use more than your phone? Okay, and you you max out your like storage on your last phone, and you're gonna buy the smallest storage on your phone again to save what a hundred bucks. You go buy one of these every two years. What do you use more than your phone? At the end of this two years, are you gonna think, oh my gosh, good thing I didn't spend a hundred extra bucks on my phone? And they're always like, oh my gosh, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. My my phone and my truck. Yeah, my truck. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? Another thing is. Jeans, <laughs> I, jeans are the, the unsung heroes. <laughs> they are, man. I mean, is there really okay a phone? Yeah, but has there really been a better invention after the wheel than jeans? I don't think so, dude. It's great. Jeans and t-shirts are great. I wish I could wear that all day, every day. I totally would. Yeah, and flip flops or even barefoot. Oh man, that's the closest thing I get to being a tree hugger and an earth loving mama is uh, 
and I love to be barefoot, man. I want to be one with the ground. I want to feel its aura. I want to experience that energy from below. Okay. I know we're out of time. I know we already asked the question of the day, <laughs> but I have to tell one last story. Oh, no. You're talking about sending energy oh, no. into the ground. Oh, no. All right. So oh, no. at Dutch Bros. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. So we do, we try to allot some funds to go out and do fun stuff with, you know, each shop. So there's this one girl who worked for us and she was teaching it's aerial or yoga, which don't worry. The can Christians do yoga episode is coming. Oh, it's coming. I should have saved this for that. No, it's too late. No, it's not too late. No, it is. So, so aerial yoga, there's like these hammocks that you assist you in your yoga. So this lady who's teaching, it wasn't the girl I worked with, but, um, she's getting us prepped mentally for this yoga exercise. And she told us to send all of our energy from the center of our body down into the earth. Were you sitting? Standing. Because if you're sitting, you could just like gas it up and send your energy that way. So, Oh, am I getting ahead of you? You put so, your hand up, Ob. So <laughs> she's telling us, so imagine you're sending a root a root of energy out of your body and into the ground. <laughs> what color is it? <laughs> and I'm like, it's a root. It's brown. And then I picture a root coming out of me and into the ground. And me and my friend, it was it was Brent. It was we, Brent, right? Yeah, we okay. lock eyes. And our, our, no, our eyes were supposed to be closed. That's what it was. I told him afterwards. I was like, dude, I knew 100% that if I saw the whites of your eyes, I was going to absolutely lose my ever loving mind laughing so hard because I, all I could picture was a giant turd coming out of me going going to the center of the earth. So you want to talk about sending your energy into the earth? I'll send it. Mine's a lot more PG than what Brent pictured, but that's for, maybe that's what we'll talk about in the yoga episode. So anyway, what's the most useful thing you own? Hit us up. Yeah. On the Instagram. Do we tweeter still? Do we do that? Oh yeah. Okay. Oh we're, yeah. We're not banned yet. We no. don't we don't say bannable things. I just read an article saying that if you never mind, you could get banned if you say some things. So, anyways, hey Chumpy McGee, we believe you belong. <laughs>